How are we going to measure success for the Miami Hurricanes football team in 2023? Is it only about wins and losses? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Saturday. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are assembling the Avengers once again. We did this a couple of weeks ago. We knew we had to run it back. We had to run it back. Let me first introduce... Let's go to the box down below. For those listening to the audio, you're like, what is he talking about? For those listening <laughs> to the video, you'll know how we're arranged. They call her Hoodie Girl, and she is wearing the most vintage Canes hoodie in her collection. Uh, she does an awesome job on the Six Ring Canes on the Five Reasons Sports Network and the, the Buckets podcast. Hoodie Girl, how are you? What's up, Donald? I'm good. How's it going? I'm doing well. Welcome back. And welcome back again to... A superhero in his own right. Uh, he's actually a, a colleague of mine at allhurricanes.com, and he's part of the awesome You Heard podcast, Chalupa Batman, who's rocking a new microphone. Welcome, Chalupa. Hey, how's everything going? Uh, it's always fun to do these podcasts, and I sound better now, so it's even better. You sound silky smooth, man. You sound silky smooth. So, you know, something uh, I want to get our reactions and the reactions from those of you listening and watching, uh, listening to this and watching this. Uh, I thought this was a really, a really great tweet, and it's created a lot of discussion among Kane's Twitter. And this comes from good friend of the show and former Miami Hurricanes quarterback one Malik Rozier who put this out earlier in the week. And it's a thread. Let me read a few tweets to you here. He says, you can agree with me or not. But personally, I don't care about wins and losses this year. I will be pissed the hell off at every and any loss this year. And I can verify that because I did post-game shows every game with Malik yeah. last year. And he, like, middle Tennessee <laughs> game. I don't, I don't think we spoke to each other off the air. Like, we only spoke <laughs> when the mics were on. He says, but I also see a lot of positivity with what Mario was building. All I want is to feel like everyone who wore orange and green gave 100% effort and executed to the best of their ability. Most of the teams I've been on, when we lose, the other team had better effort and just did their job over and over. Losing reduces as execution and energy increase. So either believe in what Mario and crew is building and support the kids or don't, but I will be supporting them, so don't cry in my comments this season. Thank you. Uh, now, Chalupa, uh, is anyone going to take his advice and not cry in his comments? Because I don't think they that's going to stop. But what, what did you think they, about what Malik tweeted? They will not stop crying in his comments. I have been begging people to stop crying in my in my mentions about three stars, and and they won't stop. So they won't stop. But I I agree. I agree one hundred percent with Malik. Uh, first off, he always has really in depth and really good analysis on Twitter. He's a great follow. But that that tweet to me needed to be said because. The progress I think we're going to see with this team is not just wins and losses. It may not be in the stat column. I know we want to see a more wide open offense. We want to see big numbers. But things that I'll be looking for early, especially in the first couple of games, are little things. How do they bounce back after they give up their first bomb? Remember last year when they gave up their first 70-yarder? We were thinking, okay, not again. And then it happened again and then again. And then you see shoulders drop. You see body language looking bad. You see players starting to feel like they knew they were going to lose. I want to see how they react when they throw their first interception. Right. I want to see how they react 
when when the defense has their first short field position and they give up a touchdown? Does the offense now come out sagging their shoulders, feeling like they let the defense behind and now the defense is pressing because they're down seven nothing? I, I want to see progression week to week. I want them to be competitive and, and I would like to see how they battle back versus adversity this year. I think that will tell us more about the DNA of this team over if we beat AM 38 to zero. I, I want to see what it looks like if they if we give up a punt return for a touchdown. Do shoulders sag? Or do we see Gidry, you know, getting the guys lifted up? Are the seniors going over to the younger guys and telling them we're still in this? Are we throwing up the fours and believing it going into the fourth quarter when we're down by 10? Those are the kind of things I'm looking for this year. I don't know about you guys, but to me, I agree with Malik. It's not just wins and losses. It's changing the culture. And you're going to see that manifest in different ways. And it may not be 300 yards and four touchdowns from our quarterback. What did you make of the tweet, Hoodie Girl? I, I mean, I completely agree with Malik also. I think a big thing is going to be, um, I mean, not necessarily beating A&M, but I mean, I hope we do. But being in the games and then beating the teams we're supposed to beat. I think when we lost to A&M last year, I don't know that a lot of fans necessarily gave up on the team right then and there. But I think once we lost yeah. to Middle Tennessee, I think that kind of changed the whole outlook of, like with the fan base on like, oh, this team is trash, blah, blah, blah. What's the point? Um, so what, you know, what Chalupa said with, you know, the, the attitudes on the sideline, if they, you know, if they make a mistake, if we're down and how we come back from that. But I think a lot of it is just going to stem from confidence and especially those early games before we get into ACC play playing well, and then beating the teams we're supposed to beat and beating them like we're, how we're supposed to beat them. If we keep the NM game close, even if we don't necessarily win, but it's close and we're competitive, but then we beat, you know, Miami of Ohio, we beat Bethune-Cookman we beat Temple and, you know, in convincing fashion. And then we go into ACC play with the confidence. I think we're going to see that change. But, I mean, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, Mario needs to win nine, ten games this year. Otherwise, yeah. he needs to go. And I'm like, that's not realistic. Right. Not you, you have these Cinderella teams that have a horrible year and then come back and they make the college football playoff like TCU. That's not that's not how things work. That's That's just an outlier. What we want to see, we want to see improvement. Are we winning games we're supposed to win? Are we in games that are supposed to be 50-50? Or, you know, instead of getting blown up by Clemson, maybe we keep it close. You know, we play well, but, you know, Clemson just has better talent, whatever. Um, if we do that and we get, like, seven, eight wins, I consider that a success and that's progress. And I think recruits will see that. And hopefully we, you know, we bring in another big class. Well, and, and you made a, a good point about recruits because that was the people who did disagree with Malik's tweet about not caring as much about wins and losses. A lot of the common responses were, but you need to win big time games to get big time recruits. That's part of it, but that doesn't tell the whole story, okay? Because yes. big time recruits, they also want to know that the players at Miami trust their coaches that the players in Miami have a good cohesive locker room, that Miami is not only a great place to be because Miami's going to be a great city, whether the Canes suck or the Canes are great. It's still an awesome place to live, <laughs> yeah. but you want to know you're coming into uh, an environment where you can thrive. Okay. And you, you don't necessarily have to win 10, 11 games this year to show recruits that you need to show that, you know, people like Jason Taylor and Lance Gidry and Tim Harris Jr. And Kevin Beard. These are, you know, some of the new coaches that came in this year are creating an environment where they're making players better. They're getting along with players. They're teaching players. Um, and, you know, going back to last year, you know, Miami, honestly, we can talk about five and seven, which is terrible, but it wasn't only being five and seven. It was seeing 
coaches disconnected with players, a lot of players who were disconnected with each other and not wanted to be there. Like it got to be a bad environment and all the losing, you know, all the losing led to a lot of that. And, you know, you didn't have the certain type of personalities that were set to recover and bounce back from that. It's why exactly Cam, Cam Kinchins made that, you know, amazing speech in the locker room at the end of that five and seven season and basically said, anybody who doesn't want to be here, get your ass into the portal. Like we don't want you here. Like he invited players to do that. And so then Chalupa you know what, you know, Miami did, and I hope it works because we don't know for yes. sure if it's going to work, but you turned over nearly half the roster, right? Yeah. 41 out of 85 new scholarship players, and you turned over about half the coaching staff as well. See, the, the thing, to your point there, one of the most important things I feel you just said is how do you bounce back? I, they're going to come off the bus hype with all the swagger in the world week one. How yeah. do you come off the bus after your first loss? Hmm? How's the day after that? What does Twitter look like? Are, are, are players turning on each other after their first loss? Are everyone's best friends right now? Now everyone's taking selfies together at the gas station. Are they still doing that after a loss, after a game that they thought they would win? It's okay to win games that you're supposed to win. What happens when you slip up and lose one of those? Dude, it's football. It happens any given Sunday, right? You can All lose right. those games. It can happen. What happens to the locker room when that happens? Does faith wane or do they look at each other and go, hey, bro, that's one and it's not happening again. That's the mindset we need here. It's not happening again. The milk is spilled. It's not going back in the carton. Let's make sure we take the next carton. Don't put it too close to the edge. You know, are they doing that? That's what I want to see this year. I want to see the fight. Uh, I want to see this team at least when you watch a team on the sideline, you can tell if they think they're going to win. I want to right. see this team feel like they have a chance. And I think that starts from the top. I think they do feel like with the coaches and the new guys they have in the building that they have a chance no matter what field they step on. But at the end of the day, it's the players that have to execute. So for me, just like Malik, I'm going to be devastated every time we lose. I don't like losing at anything. If you want to play tic-tac-toe right now, I'll probably cry if I lose. But I also I also want the program to to be changed for the long haul. If we win 10 games this year, peak and then it goes downhill from there. Who's who's going to be happy about that? That happened are in we, 2017. That happened yeah. when are, Malik, exactly. when was quarterbacking the team. Exactly. That is Mario here to win fast or is he here to change the program? We want long term success. The recruits will see that. They'll also see player development. It's not just about wins and losses. Yes, these, these five-star receivers want to know how they'll be used, but they also want to see, did they develop Jacoby? You guys got Ray Ray in this year. How are you using him? Does he look different from week one to week seven? Because then JoJo goes, ooh, within six weeks, they got him looking like that? How am I going to look? Damn, the losses. He looks fantastic. Imagine how I'd look after six weeks with Kevin Beard. There's player development, there's talent development, there, there's the culture on the sideline and in the building. Those are the things to me that are more important in the first couple years than just wins. Right. Anything you want to add to Hoodie Girl, I'll give you last word. I mean, I completely agree with Chalupa. I think I, I, it's especially if you're trying to build like a legacy and you're trying to build stuff for the long run. Just, you know, what a one and done type season isn't isn't it. And it's going to take it takes longer to build up to the success that, you know, Bama's doing and Georgia's doing. 
Um, and you, cause you want to win every year and you can't just throw a bunch of players together and be like, all right, here, go win a natty. Um, I think, especially with the receivers, because that's a big thing. We have a lot of like top receivers we're trying to get. I think what our receivers look like this year is going to, is going to be very helpful. We saw what Kobe Young was able to do in a few games before, you know, before TBD got hurt and how he developed through the season. I think him taking a big step is going to be a big thing to try and get some receivers in here. And then also what uh, Jacoby George and, and Restrepo were doing. I don't necessarily think that what like like um, Joseph, what what Ray Ray does necessarily is going to be a big factor. But guys that have been here already for a year or two, I think their development is going to be huge and getting the, some of the bigger guys. We have the Avengers assembled here and it's going to be Hoodie Girls time to shine when we come back because Ooh. Miami Hurricanes just had two players drafted into the NBA. I wish they'd been first rounders, not second rounders, but still it's an awesome accomplishment for Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong. We will break it down in a way only Hoodie Girl can when we come back here on Locked On Canes. Guys, I'm locked in this weekend at FanDuel. I got a bunch of UFC plays happening this week, and baseball season is in full swing. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book because right now, new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win which means you have nothing to lose on that first bet. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. Do not miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. I love how easy it is to use. I love the security. You know the app is safe, and I love how easy it is to get your money out. They have great promos on the site as well. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Thank you so much to the everydayers. We are going to have a Sunday episode as well. Um, as we gather more intel on the official visits that are happening this weekend, because there are a number of important players at Miami right now, we're going to have on our guy Brad Tejeda uh, tomorrow, Sunday, to talk hey. about what's going on. Yes, so it's going to be another good one, but we have the Avengers with us right now. So, all right, Hoodie Girl. Um, I know if a lot of people out there like NBA draft, I'm not going to stay up for the second round. Hurricanes fans stayed up for the second round because we knew oh, that, yeah. that was that was going to be the time when we could see some players get picked. And Jordan Miller goes number 48 overall to the Clippers. Uh, seven picks later, Isaiah Wong goes number 55 to the Indiana Pacers. Hoodie Girl, uh, is that about where you expected Wong and Miller to go in terms of draft order? And, and do you think that those are, are good places for them to potentially make an NBA roster? So, I mean, I don't think there was any chance of them going in the first round. Uh, some early draft projections actually had Wong going a bit higher in the second round. Um, okay. And I had said it, I forget what show I said it on, but I said I wouldn't be surprised if Miller went before Wong. Um and, and that's more so just because of Miller's kind of versatility, but they're both great players. And, and if you look at what Miami's program is doing, we were one of only 12 schools that had multiple D one schools that had multiple players drafted in the NBA draft. So uh, uh, that's a pretty cool feat. It's only the fourth time in school history. We've had two, two, at least two players drafted in the draft. So what, what the program is doing and, and, and how it's been developing over these last few years is huge. Um, I actually found it really funny that Wong went to Indiana because I was reading some like message boards and some tweets from like Indiana fans and Trace Jackson Davies, who was like their star at in, in, on the Hoosiers, was still available when Indiana picked with that 55th pick. And a lot of people were pissed that they didn't pick him because I guess his dad played for the Pacers and like 
when you get drafted in the second round, there's no guarantees. Yeah. Like you yeah. really, I mean, sometimes when you're drafted that late, when you're, when you fall that late, it's actually better to not get drafted and then sign where you think you're going to be the best, best fit. Cause you still get to play summer league and, and end up probably in their G league team and, and try to develop through there. Uh, but I just thought it was funny the way Indiana got smacked by Miami in basketball, both in women's and men's, and then they go and draft the ACC player of the year. And then Indiana fans yep. are pissed that they didn't take JVs. But no, we um, basically was, own that state. Yeah, we do. That's like that's like Miami North. But I was I was so sad. Home. So I was at I was at work, so I couldn't watch. So I was just getting updates from people. And <laughs> when Miller got drafted, and then Wong, I I was just excited to have two players go. And I know. Uh, Wong was at home in New Jersey, but I, I don't know where Jordan Miller was. I'm assuming he was in Miami because like uh, Norchad, Nigel, and Bensley were all with Jordan. Oh, so they all were awesome. posting on their IG uh, stories, like filming that's it so when cool. he got the call from LA and, and then like announcing it. And unfortunately, Wong got drafted like during the commercial. So all you did is see your yeah. name oh. pop up. We didn't get to hear the announcement, but that's okay. Uh, what's it? I think jo- uh, Jokic got drafted during a Taco Bell commercial years he ago. Did. So maybe yeah. that's, that's that's hilarious. That that's like a forecoming of what's to come with Isaiah. That is well, and, and I'll and I'll be. I, I kind of felt like um, you know I, Jordan Miller especially. Um, he would have been perfect for Heat culture, right? Like I and I kind of wish. And listen, we'll, we'll see how Jaime Jaquez Jr. Who they drafted in the cool, first man. round? Yeah, he's I mean, got so much swagger, man. He does. He does. Bro, I honestly, if one, if Wong or Miller had gotten drafted by the Heat, I'd be somewhere right now getting a jersey made like that. Yeah. Like, and I say it all the time with football. Like, I need the Cowboys to get like a, a Miami Hurricane so I can like rock their jersey because I can only rock rock a My- Michael Irvin jersey for so long. Like, I need some more Canes. But no, I mean, honestly, I I probably if. If they make the team and they play, I'll probably get their jerseys anyway and just like frame them and hang them up somewhere. I need to like actually, I've been living in my apartment for 12 years. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to live for that long. I'm not going to decorate. So like my walls are bare, but maybe I should start hanging some things up. <laughs> to that to that end, I do have a question about, about both players who are both scoring machines and probably mm-hmm. Miller's probably more of a natural pure scorer. Whose game do you think translates the best to the next level? I, I know that the game now, it does lean towards scoring guards. So obviously Wong is exciting at the next level, but Jordan Miller with his ability to to kind of have that dominant mid-range game, he's got that length. I, I'm curious as to who you too. think. So um, who do, is it Miller? It's, it's, it, it's hard to say because Miller was playing out of position at Miami. We had okay. him playing the four and with his size and, and his skill, I, he's going to translate more to play in the small forward in the NBA. And he actually spoke on this too, because a lot of when he was being like at the combine and being, you know, scouted teams were telling him like, Oh, you need to shoot the three. And he's like, I can, it's just, that wasn't his job at Miami. He did a lot of stuff at Miami that he's not going to do in the NBA. He's going to, it's going to be a different position. We just played small ball. So he ended up uh, playing the four and he guarded the bigs a lot. Uh, versus team, especially yeah. when Norchad got in foul trouble. So his his game is going to be completely different. I mean, I think he's so versatile that I think he's going to be able to adapt either way. Um, with Wong, it, it's going to be interesting to see how his role changes because in Miami, it's like pretty much all four years, he was our best player. Even when we were bad, he was the guy we went to. He was the one who created offense, had the ball in his hand a lot. And that's not necessarily what's gonna what it's going to be, at least when he first starts playing in the NBA and the G League. So he's going to have to learn more to like play off the ball 
and then just take advantage of the the limited opportunities that he's going to get. So I, I think it's more of who can adapt more. Um, I'm not really concerned when you're coming out of a Coach L program. Um, Bruce Brown was a second round draft pick, and and he just won an, a, a national uh, NBA title. I mean, he beat my team, but I'm still really happy for him. Uh, well, you so guys beat I think. Us, so. Mm-hmm. So I think I think coming from a coach I'll prepare because they even said that coach all runs his practices like NBA practices. So coming okay. out coming out of his system, I think they're both going to adapt. I think Miller is going to have success earlier than maybe Wong will, uh, but I think they both are going to do quite well. I think that's a darn good breakdown. Uh, before we run, uh, let me give you both an opportunity to promote your work and what you're up to. So Chalupa Batman, uh, I, I could say people can see your work and, and see you and hear you on uh, allhurricanes.com. What about the You Heard pod? You got one dropping Monday? We have a new one dropping Monday. Uh, last week, we had uh, Demetrius Freeney, uh, Meech, as he likes to be called on, interviewed the young man who uh, transferred over from uh, junior college. A fantastic young man. A very, very interesting interview. He's He's got that cane confidence that you love. So he was a lot of fun to talk to. There's another one coming on, another uh, transfer That'll be coming on tomorrow with us. I don't I don't want to spoil it, uh, but that that episode will be dropping Monday. It'll be a another another a really cool interview. We're looking forward to talk to him. Another another young man that transferred from junior college. So we like to get those different kind of perspectives. Episodes drop Mondays and Thursdays. We try to do some breakdowns on prospects, too. So those drop randomly throughout the week. Uh, check me out on there. Obviously, Watch Locked On Weekly and check out all the other uh, Canes content creators, man. They all do a great job. I'm a fan of all of them as well as co- a colleague with Dono. And check out the Buckets podcast and all of them. Wherever you go, I'm probably in the live chat somewhere. I, I, check CB's them all out. Always whether I'm, whether I'm on it or not, if it's Canes related, check it out. And if I'm not on it, send me the link, man. I'll come check it out with you. He's not lying. <laughs> and, and, and hoodie girl you're, you're like you're the fa- like actually both of you are really fast risers right because I, I see i see hoodie girl everywhere now and it's awesome <laughs> oh she's famous she she is and she does such a great famous. job you do she's such famous. a great job of course on buckets but you also turn up on the football coverage sometimes on the sixth ring so when can we see you next so uh if you guys don't if people who are listening don't know uh i'm a part of the six ring canes network it's on the five reason sports network so it's like a whole thing where the where the um the Canes coverage, they have, they cover the Heat, they cover the Dolphins, they cover a whole bunch of different spaces. So we just actually, after the Final Four, just started a, a Canes basketball portion of that. We call it Buckets, named by Coach Meyer, who's the women's coach. Uh, so in the off season, we're mostly airing Wednesdays and Thursdays, Wednesdays or Thursdays, depending on my work schedule. Uh, our next pod's going to be Thursday, and we'll be breaking down more of, like, Wong and Miller getting dra- where they get drafted and how we think they're going to fit. A few more uh, transfer portal updates, uh, especially with some uh, West Virginia players hitting the portal. We're going to talk more about that and some high school recruits. And then we're working on a, a, some really good guests coming up in the next few weeks, names mm. that are quite famous to the Canes Hoops program. Um, and then hopefully some more women's talk. Katie Meyer did did her thing early on in the offseason, so we haven't had a lot of women's content. But we're hoping to get her back on the show before the season starts. And once the season starts, we're going to be doing multiple shows a week, breaking down previous games for men's and women's and, and talking about what we expect from the next game. So you're going to see us a lot once once uh, basketball season starts. So check us out on Six Ring Canes.
That's awesome. And guys, for the everydayers, thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen or your first watch today. We will have a Sunday episode because when you've got big time official visits, we're going to start getting that intel on Sunday morning. We can't not do an episode when this stuff is going on. Um, there is no off season these days in college football None. and college sports in general. So we will talk to you again tomorrow. Huge thank you and shout out to Chalupa Batman. To hoodie girl who is wearing uh, and what was that? That's the first hoodie you ever wore on a pod. Is that right on on Coop Show? I'm, I'm I well, I mean, I've worn his hoodie, but like I'm pretty sure this was the hoodie I wore the first time I came on your pod. So I feel oh, like it's a locked right. on. It's yeah. a it's a it's a it's a locked on you. I don't know that I've worn it on any other pod. I think I only wear it on this pod. It's kind of a locked gotcha. on like staple. The locked, locked on, on a locked on hoodie. That's I what I'm saying. I that. should brand it and just put Locked On right here. <laughs> I love it. We will talk to everybody next time on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.